This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 50. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thanks for joining me today, everybody. We have reached a true milestone, my friends. Episode 50-5-0. Just so we're clear, that means for the last 50 weeks, this show has been coming to you weekly and it's been focused on helping you and your family win with money. I've shared my personal victories, failures, and reviewed our family's goals for the future. In addition, I've interviewed over 30 experts talking about all things marriage, kids, and money. Millionaire entrepreneurs, early retirees, personal finance experts, They've all spent time with us and helped us grow together. Although I've grown immensely over the last 50 sessions, it hasn't been just me benefiting from all that expert information we received from those guests. We've had over 25,000 downloads of the show, 42 five-star iTunes reviews, And I've received, this is my favorite, I received personal letters from people all over the country telling me how much they're enjoying this podcast and how it's been helping them win for their families. My favorite ones that I get are the people who are telling me that they are binge listening (laughs) from episode one through today. I am so happy to hear people are enjoying this message of family empowerment as much as I am delivering it. I want to say three big thank yous here. Thank you to those 30 plus experts that I've interviewed. Your time and knowledge is valuable and I appreciate you taking the time to help me and the listeners of this show grow. Number two, thank you to the subscribers of this podcast, the folks in the Marriage, Kids, and Money community and the readers of my blog. Your support, advice, and your overall just encouragement has allowed me to hit the 50-show mark with a gigantic smile on my face. Thank you. Thank you. And lastly, number three, thank you to my wife, Nicole, my daughter, Zoe, and my son, Calvin. Your unending patience, support, and love gives me the strength to pursue my passions. And this is a big passion of mine, helping people to win with their money and their family. So thank you. But don't worry, Nicole, Zoe, and Calvin, I will always put family first. Today on the show, I'm going to honor those three folks, Nicole, Zoe, and Calvin, a little bit further. I've invited them each to join me today on the show to discuss our relationship together, and how we're growing as a family. I thought you all would enjoy hearing a little bit from the Hill family today. (laughs) These three folks 
my wife, my son, my daughter. They are the reason I get up and work hard every day. They are my reason for being. They are my purpose. First up is my five-year-old daughter, Zoe Hill, then my three-year-old son, Calvin, and then finally, my lovely wife, Nicole. I won't say how old she is. (laughs) I spend most of the time talking with Nicole. Um, In our interview, we discuss some of our early financial blunders, really mostly my financial blunders, Uh, and then how we learned from those mistakes and moved our family onward and upward. And then lastly, we discuss some of our exciting plans for the future. These chats with my kids and with my wife help me to think more intently about how I can be a better dad and a better husband. I'm hoping there are just a few nuggets that you'll find in these chats that you can take home to your families as well. All right, let's jump into my first of three conversations. Please welcome my kind, empathetic, and charismatic little girl. Zoe Hill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. I have a very, very special guest today, Zoe Hill. How's it going, Zoe? It's going good. Great. Zoe, can you can you tell us how old you are? I'm five years old. I just turned five. I understand that you started kindergarten this year. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Very cool. So what is your favorite thing about kindergarten? My favorite thing about kindergarten is I get to put my names in the buckets, and when the teacher pulls them out, I get to take um, a toy from the treasure chest. Ooh, that's cool. What's your teacher's name? My teacher's name is Mrs. Her. Oh, she sounds like a great person. I come, Tell us your gym teacher's name. It's the coolest name I've ever heard. You want to hear it? Yeah, I do. Miss Taco. Oh, I love tacos. <laughs> <laughs> so... I heard you made a really good friend at school already. I know. Her name is Sydney. <gasps> why Why do you like Sydney so much? Because we play on the, bunk, the monkey bars. Um, we play a lot where we want to go. We do piggyback rides sometimes. That's fun. And I really like it when I play with Sydney. That's cool. What's your, um? do you have a favorite class when you go to school so far? Gym, music, Spanish, art, and computers. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it sounds like uh, you're really enjoying school, and I'm glad that you're going. I almost forgot. Mm, Library, too. Oh, library. Of course. We get some good books, Mm -hmm. and you bring them home, and then Daddy can read them to you when we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Hey, Zoe, I want to ask you a little bit about... You know, know, Daddy talks on his show about helping people with money. Yeah. Um... What what type of chores do you do at the house to earn money on Saturdays? Well, sometimes I do laundry and silverware, washing windows, <laughs> cleaning up the basement maybe. And then what do you do with that little vacuum around the around the kitchen? And I vacuum the kitchen. Oh yeah. Get all those crumbs you guys leave on the floor. So what happens after you do your chores? What's what's your reward? Um, my reward is $3, but if I do them all together, I get $3. But if I just do one by one, I get just $3 because one plus one plus one equals three. Nice. You are learning your math. 
I love it. I, there's another reward you get when you finish your chores. What is it? Another reward? Yeah. Remember, we we don't let you use something that you really like to use until you're done with the chores. What What is that? Well, I like to watch kids yeah. on the iPad, right? But I have to do my chores first. That's right. That's on right. the weekends only. Very cool. So we have we have three jars in your room where you put that money. Do you know what they're called? Spend, save, and give. Do you know what the spend jar does? The spend jar does if you want to spend something like if you want to spend something really big, mm-hmm. you can do that. Mm-hmm. But the save jar is you can save your money mm-hmm. for something really big down the road. Yeah. Cool. And then give. What is and that? And then give is giving people money if they need money. Yeah. And what have you used the give jar for? Oh, um, my cousin James broke his arm. It's feeling a little bit better. I bought him a little bit of candy, and Calvin bought him a car. Oh. And we bought him, like, this little stand where he can put his phone in mm-hmm. so that he didn't even have to hold his hand up. Oh, you're so nice. That's so kind. Why, why do you think it's nice to um, give gifts to people? Well, I do like giving gifts to people because I want to be kind and a gooder person in the world so that I can teach Calvin to be good too. Who's Calvin? Calvin's my brother. Oh, you are such a good girl. I am so proud of you, sweetheart. Hey, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, you and I. What's your favorite thing to do with me? Um, well, I got a bunch of things that I like to do with you. I like to wrestle with you. I like to chase with you. I like to read with you. I like to, I like that you bring me to bus stop. And here's the last thing. I love you for being with me always in my life. Oh, I love you, sweetheart. Is there anything is there anything that daddy does that you don't like? Don't like tacos anymore. You don't like tacos? I don't like tacos. <laughs> but I love tacos. Okay, you can eat it, but I can I'm eat just going to eat apples for dinner on anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, deal. Hey, so we have um the fall coming up and winter coming up. What are, what are some things that you want to do with daddy? Going buying 10 stuffed toy animals. 10 stuffed toy animals? Okay. Yeah, at Target uh-huh. and 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 two packs of Shopkins. Wow. You better save up your chore money to get some of those Shopkins, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweetheart, thank you so much for being on the show today. I love you very much, and I am so proud of you, and I'm so proud to call you my daughter. I love you. I love you, too. What What an angel. Uh, Yes. Yes, everybody. I am biased. (laughs) All right. Let's jump into conversation number two with my race car obsessed little boy, Calvin Hill. Okay, everybody. I've got another excellent guest here. His name is Calvin Hill. How's it going, Calvin? Good. Good. Calvin, how old are you? Um, three. Three. Oh, buddy, did you start school this year? Yeah. Do you have a friend at school that you made? Um, it's Kevin. Kevin. Why do you like Kevin? Because 
I didn't start school yet. Yeah. It's like tomorrow I start school yet. Do you play with Kevin at school? Um, yeah. That's good. Do you like school, Calvin? Yeah, but I didn't start school yet. You didn't start it today? Yeah. You played you did it last uh you did it yesterday, right? Do yeah. you, do you cry sometimes at school? Um yeah. Why do you cry at school, buddy? Cuz I didn't cry this week. You didn't cry this week. That's good. Well, you know, sometimes it's sad when you leave mommy and daddy, but mommy and daddy always come and pick you up, right? Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, yeah. uh Calvin, I wanted to ask you something. Who is your favorite superhero? Um Batman. Batman. Cool. Why do you like Batman? Um, because I like his sleeves and I like, I like that little fu- microphone for him. Uh, you like his microphone? Is that because you're squeezing a microphone right now? No. <laughs> Calvin, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, a ghost. <gasps> Why do you want to be a ghost? Because it. Because it's so spooky. So spooky. Are you going to spook me? You're going to scare daddy? No, you'll be a, a dragon for Halloween. I should be a dragon? Daddy was a dragon last year because mommy and daddy like Game of Thrones. And I was um, one of the dragons. And mommy was Khaleesi, the mother of dragons. I have another question for you, Calvin. What's your favorite thing to eat? Um... Bacon. Bacon. Oh, I love bacon. We should go make some bacon right now. Okay. Hey, Calvin, what what is your favorite thing to do with Daddy? Hugging with Daddy and playing toys with you. You like talking cars, don't you? Yeah. Wow, buddy. Let's go hit that bacon, okay? Thank you so much for being on the show today. I love you so much. You're my boy forever. We're going to make a lot of fun memories in our lives. Give me a kiss. (laughs) I think he was more infatuated with the microphone than he was with actually talking to me. (laughs) It's all good, though, buddy. I love you very much. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. 
Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And for the final interview of the show, here is my bride, the love of my life, Nicole Hill. How's it going, Nicole? Hi, good. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, by the way. Yes. <laughs> You're oh, the best. Boy. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. So, hey, if it gets you to make me breakfast every morning <laughs> to butter me up. I'll you should have seen this, everybody. Like, I was like, hey, Nicole, will you do this interview with me? And, you know, she's, she's very sweet. She's hesitant a little bit, but I started to, you know, lay on the charm with the breakfast making and cleaning the dishes and (laughs) did it, did it help? Yes. Okay, good, good. (laughs) (laughs) So Miss Nicole, I've invited you on the marriage, kids and money podcast today to just chat and, uh, really just go over a little bit of some of the Oh, trials and tribulations of our seven years together. Well, really nine years together at this point. Um, and see if yeah, it has not been nine. Oh, wait, how math? Let's try. Oh my there. god, two thousand eight. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, almost nine years. Actually, it is nine, nine years. So we've only been married for like four years. <laughs> Yeah, time flies like that. If we if only been married for four years, then we wouldn't have one of our children around, probably. <laughs> so anyway, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the things that we've gone through during our time together, and you know, hopefully, prying some of the failures out and some of the successes out might help a few folks listening to the show. Are you are you game? I'm game. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's let's go back way to the beginning. I know your math is a little off. Four years, nine years, whatever, but. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you know, when we got together, I thought, I've told this story a hundred times, but I thought maybe you could regale us on how Andy and Nicole got together. How did we meet? How we met? Well, what do we attribute it to? Do we attribute it to social media? To Rettenbach? I I would say, I mean, the, really, you poked me on Facebook. (laughs) I'm glad you said on Facebook after... (laughs) that just and then it was all over i um of course i have to credit aaron rentenbach because she is the you know the the connection between us two she was my roommate out in um california and she's a wonderful person and around wonderful people are other wonderful people so um i met you she's actually sent me a video when i was at 
um, this is all through social media, that she sent me a video through Instant Messenger, and it was a video on YouTube of you skydiving. And I thought it was just like a random dude. I thought like something weird or funny was going to happen at the end or like a ghost was going to pop out or like I thought it was like just a weird, you know, funny YouTube. But then I was like, oh, he's so cute. And then she's like, well, that's my friend. And then we became friends on Facebook and you poked me and then we got married like six months later. (laughs) Oh, I love social media. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The power of social media, everybody. You can start Uh, businesses and you can also find the woman of your dreams so (laughs) it's funny that we didn't meet when we were at college in the same major in the same graduation ceremony like for four years together or the fact that we grew up 20 miles away from each other we didn't meet any of those years it was when i was in california and you lived in michigan so So that's kind of funny so that that points things out for people so you were out in california and i was back in michigan but you're from michigan so Mm -hmm. we had the opportunity uh, through through this awesome courting ship of social media as well as in person get togethers <laughs> what right. what um what what made you just say yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna leave california and, and come back to michigan oh uh, well I, you know we were both a li- in our late 20s we had both dated enough people to know what like when it wasn't right and it didn't feel not right so <laughs> I mean, I, we, there were no games. You came and visited me so many times. Um, and it never felt like weird or like you were coming too much or like we just, there we had, everything was simple. It just worked out. I think we just knew, yeah, we knew that it was that, that I should move home and that we should get married. Excellent. Let's jump ahead a little bit. We get married and, um, I'm I'm learning a lot about just being an adult, you know, adulting. And I I brought a fair chunk of debt into our marriage. Obviously this show has a little bit of financial tint to it, so I'm jumping right into it. But you yeah. but you had no debt when you came into our marriage. How, how do you yeah. think how do you think you never fell into the to the debt trap? Um I would have to say that was just purely like watching my mom you know, I, you, you say, uh, you've said before more is caught than taught. And my mom didn't, you know, she was a single mom with three kids and she did not, um, you know, she, she worked and she paid her bills. She didn't go out a ton. Uh, and then, you know, she never opened up a credit card. So I think by just by like the way that she treated credit and debt, uh, which is, she was deathly afraid of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I just like inherited that gene of like, I, I never once thought about opening up a credit card. It just, to me, it, it, it had this whole horrible stigma of if you open a credit card, you will be in debt. So I, it was never an option for me. You know, I just, you know, on the college campus when they would offer a free Frisbee for <laughs> a 28%, you know, <laughs> fee. Um, I just, I kind of treated them like they were people in the mall, you know, asking if you wanted them to do your nails, you know, no, no, thank you. I'm not interested. It was just not an option for me. So that's good. Well, congratulations, Hana. You've, you've left a good impression on your daughter. We, we worked hard though, and we, we definitely 
cleaned up that debt pretty fast in our lives, which was which was good. And when I say our debt, I put that in air quotes because it was mine. <laughs> but when we get married, it becomes ours. So how do you how do you think we were able to clobber that so fast? Well, I would say just you're more so you than me. You're a very determined person. Like you say that you want to run this marathon <laughs> and you're like, you're going to run it. That's it. There's no changing your mind. You're going to do it. Um, for me, you know, I'm, I am a determined person, but there've been like 18 times where I've said, I'm like, probably not going to run this marathon. <laughs> and I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I think I am, um, stubborn enough to like, just do it to, you know, say, and it's the same thing with debt. It's like, I think you get on this track of like, we're going to pay off this mortgage in five years. And all along the way, I'm kind of like, Oh, why don't we get a hot tub? Or like, (laughs) I'm like, I like, I stray, but then eventually, you know, like now that we're at the end of it, I'm like, okay, no, we don't need to spend any money. Let's just get this over with in December. So I think it's your determination. And then I kind of like waver, but then I, I jump on board eventually. I don't so think you're giving is. yourself enough credit, my dear. <laughs> you, you are, we work together and you know, you, we have a good balance. You know, I, I might have these crazy goals that I stick to. Um, but you, you help me to, you help me to have a good balance and, and become, <laughs> become a, a person that yes, has goals, but also realizes that life is for living and, <laughs> There's got to be a balance, and I, I love that about you, and thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and also just we don't go out as much. Like entertainment yeah. is like you can just – you can blow $500 so quickly in one weekend and, you know, on food and fun. Um, and the fact that we have kids now, we can't go out as much, and so that's helped a ton for yeah. like us being able to like – throw a ton more at debt and, uh, and our mortgage. Yeah. I, you know, I agree. It's, <clears throat> I think people say sometimes, man, kids are expensive, but <laughs> sometimes it could have the opposite effect. It, we had sort of an expensive life when we got together, we were going out every yeah. weekend and you know, that was a lot of me just kind of like booking all of our weekends for concerts and friend get togethers and going out for drinks. But as soon as the kids come around, you just don't have that option anymore. When, Zoe came into our lives, uh, 2012. How did that change the way that you well, personally thought about about uh, our marriage and, and and how we would handle things going forward? Yeah, well, I think that was that was kind of the moment where we were like, where we had to take a look at ourselves and figure out that we had a bunch of debt. Like, I think that was the moment. You know, we got married, and uh, at the time, we didn't really know. I mean, we were like okay with money. I mean, we had a budget for our wedding, you know, but, um, we never truly like looked to see what our net worth was until we got married. And then I, was it, was it when, when we found out we had, we were going to have Zoe Mm -hmm. that we really kind of put pen to paper and we were like, we're going to need to pay for college. We're going to want to like open, you know, an account for her to have, you know, not a trust, but we're going to want her to have, you know, a good life and change our family tree. And that was like the defining moment where we were like, whoa, like our net worth is so negative right now. We just thought if we didn't have a credit card balance that we were like, 
doing well. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then we're like, wait, we have no money. <laughs> and yeah, so I think it just um it made us really like get organized. It like people talk about nesting, you know, like in your third trimester. And I did do that. Like I nested, I I uh, you know, we did her her room and got all ready for her to come, but like then behind the scenes we were nesting for our family tree, you know. That's a good point. It, yeah. Absolutely. We we learned about what net worth really was. I think you and I were watching that Susie Orman Su- Susie Orman show um and they were talking about net worth and I think after we wrote it down, I think we realized that we had like negative $50,000 in net worth. And then right. we were also thinking about having kids at the same time and that was sort of that moment where we got jolted into being like, "All right, it's time to it's time to stop living for ourselves and think about think about the future." So Right. It's, it's fun to discover those things together. Yeah. It's kind of like you thought you were like studied and prepared for a test and then you like went in and bombed the test and you're like, (laughs) what? I had to get my life together. And we did. And we did. Yeah. So I mentioned, I mentioned Susie Orman and then I started to read some other, other books and listen to other shows. One of the guys that I really got into was Dave Ramsey. I'm sure you remember my Kool-Aid drinking with, uh, with Mr. (laughs) Ramsey. All oh well. Lord, do I ever! <laughs> One of the things that uh, Dave Ramsey recommends, amongst a lot of things, and I really, you know, overall, I would say, I would say at least half of the things that he talks about, I'm, I'm still in agreement with. But then, after some trial and error, the other half, I decided probably wasn't the best for for our family. But it, it took going through them and realizing they weren't the best for our family to uh, to realize that. And one of the things was his mention of meeting with one of his endorsed local providers. Would you mind describing our relationship and (laughs) how things went? I shudder at the thought. (laughs) Not to say that everything, you know, I don't want to bash Dave Ramsey because in his defense, this is, you know, this is like a good idea on paper. Like, hey, let me get you in touch with people locally who can help you out. And they're going to follow my, you know, by my guidelines or, you know, they're going to believe in the Dave Ramsey way. Um, But it's good on paper and not good in practice because, I mean, Dave Ramsey can't personally meet with all these people all around the, you know, the entire U.S. Mm -hmm. And so what it boils down to is all they really have to do is answer like three or four questions on an online survey and bada bing, bada boom, they're, you know. They're endorsed. Um, and I think really the only thing, you know, that made him like any different from somebody else that we would have chosen out of the phone book um, is the fact that like before he would accept our money, we had to, you know, check off the box that we were like debt free, um, except for the mortgage. And then, you know, he asked like a couple other questions um, Dave Ramsey focused and we said, yes, yes. And then he was like, okay, great. And then everything from that point on did not follow any of Dave's philosophies. Our best interests were not, you know, they were not at the center of his heart. And, um, ultimately we were just kind of duped. I mean, he talked over our heads, which I know is like just a thing of, 
you know, the thing that they do in that industry. Um, everything is very, to quote a former president, uh, overcomplified. It's overcomplified, <laughs> right? George W. <laughs> and I just think um, it ultimately, you know, and I can like say all I want about this program, but ultimately it was our fault. We should have known better, like, you know, to, to quote George W. again, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, not gonna fool me again. So, it's a very quotable president. Yes. Um, anyway, that was not um, the best thing, but we got, you know, 99% of what we got out of Dave Ramsey was awesome, but I would just say that this particular part of his program was not helpful for us. Um, and that, you know, we, we learned from it. We lost, you know, several thousand dollars in learnings. And now I think that kind of propelled you to educate yourself more on uh, our investing and kind of take, take charge over it. So ultimately, Hey, it was a tough lesson and, but it had to happen so that we could be in a better place now. (laughs) One, One of the major lessons that I learned is that trust your wife's instincts. When we walked into the room on the first day, she gave me a look about this fellow that we were meeting with. <laughs> and I should have just gone with the look, man, because more often than not, fellas, your wife, trust her instincts because <laughs> she's very smart. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can. Well, he just, he, we, we both walked out of there yeah. like super confused sure. and we handed over so much money to him. And right. that was a huge red flag. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I think we one example of that, guys, just to just to give you an example is that we <clears throat> we were thinking about buying a house and we had asked our person that, uh, hey, we, we, we want to put a large chunk of money that we're saving to put a down payment on the next house. But we're, we're going to want access to it in the next year or so. And any financial advisor or, or one that should be able to help you should let you know that. You should not put your money in the market, stocks, bonds, anything, if you need it, probably within the next five to seven years. I mean, because there's volatility in the market. So there's really, <clears throat> especially if we only had, if we wanted to use it in a year. And he had suggested that we put it in some bond funds. And within the first, you know, I think six months, we ended up losing three or four thousand dollars or something like that. And yeah, it, it's like, like you said, Nicole, it takes some education on our part. And you know, but sometimes when people are trusting the experts, quote unquote experts. <laughs> anyway, uh, lesson learned. And like you said, I think we became smarter out of it. And sometimes right. with adversity and <clears throat> bad things, you know, you can you can become a lot smarter. And I think that's helped us both. So, right. Anyway, on to, uh, you know, other blunders that Andy has <laughs> has put us through. The same year that I, I I went to do this endorsed local provider thing with Nicole, I also took another Dave Ramseyism and and asked my wife uh, and myself to stop using our credit cards altogether and just use our debit card. And <clears throat> the reasoning behind this was there was a lot of conversations about credit cards. If you have them, you're going to spend more because it's just easy to swipe it and you don't feel the pain, right? Um, so I bought into that and and it made sense to me and we ended up doing it for four or five years, something like that. And we didn't start, we didn't break free from the, (laughs) 
the craziness. I think until last summer. Um, but what we found was we didn't really change our spending at all. We, we had, Nicole and I had gotten really good at budgeting each month and we would stick to the budget. So whether we're spending it on a debit card or a credit card, it ended up being the same thing. So what we were really right. doing was just missing out on a boatload of points and so many target gift cards. <laughs> and so many target so gift cards. <laughs> yes. So how many, how many free trips do you think we uh, missed out on baby? Uh, I don't know about free trips. I would have taken the target gift cards. I mean, I'm not joking <laughs> there. Um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, a, at least a few thousand dollars in, mm-hmm. you know, in free stuff. Absolutely. And free stuff is free stuff, right? <laughs> okay. But I do get the thinking behind. And again, like to Dave Ramsey's, you know, uh, you know, to not bash him, he, he has to give, you know, advice for the mass. Absolutely. He, he can't, he's not like personally meeting with each person and saying, okay, well, these are your capabilities. And so this is what I recommend for you. He, ha- yeah, he, he's kind of, you know, he's got to give advice to the lowest common denominator. So, and that makes sense. You know, most people, I would say like the majority of people, it's a good idea to use your debit card because yes, like a lot of people are in debt and a lot of people do have that mentality of, I can just swipe my credit card and I'll carry a balance and no. Um, so I, I get that, but you know, since you and I don't have that mentality, you know, we know what our capabilities are. We can, we can, whether we're swiping our debit or swiping our credit card, um, we're, we're buying the same amount of stuff. The only difference would be like if we did use cash, I do think that might change our spending a yep. little bit because yeah, we wouldn't have as many of these things in our whoops category, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, but I'm okay with like, we're not trying to get out of a million dollars of debt right now. So if we have $200 in our whoops category per month and we're living comfortably, that's okay with me. And I hate using cash because then we have no recollection of what we spent, you yeah. know, like I don't write it down every time. And you know, the fact that it's on our credit card and goes straight into our mint app, it, that saves us so much time and effort. So I like using credit cards for that. I mean, we look at some charges from like last weekend and if it's not labeled in our mint appropriately, we're like, what is that? What did I spend a hundred dollars? <laughs> Can you imagine if we did that for everything with our cash? We'd be like, where did that, you know, $4,000 go? we would, we would be a mess. So even just the sake of organizing ourselves and not having to write everything down when we spend it. Um, I don't like, you know, I would rather use our credit card than cash. And we will going forward now. Absolutely. (laughs) It's okay. You'll make up for all the points that we missed out on by doing this experiment where we're going to get a free trip to California. Yeah. So (laughs) So we, we've gone completely the opposite way of using no credit cards at all to using lots of credit cards. So uh, <laughs> we're going to let you guys know how that all turns out in the spring. We're, we're trying to hack our way to a free Disneyland trip for our whole family. And oh, my gosh. We're, we're so cliche. We're so cliche. <laughs> I just realized because they're like, what are you going to do with all those credit cards? But we're going to Disneyland. That's, That's so, so true. <laughs> but it's going to be worth it it's going to be fun so stay tuned for that everybody and and, you know i'm I'm with you nicole i don't want to continue to bash mr ramsey because there's been lots of great things that we've learned um through going through that program in fact we 
you know, you and I attend our, our local church and we join the financial peace university classes. And sometimes we're able to help out by coordinating those classes. So there's lots of things you can learn through going through a program like that or reading his books. And, and we did learn a lot. I just feel like we feel like we graduated, we'll say. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's a next level to it. And we're discovering a lot of that over the past couple of years now. So, right. Let's jump, uh, jump ahead a little bit. We've got we got our, our lives now. We're, we're, we're together. We've made some financial blunders. And when I say we, I really mean me. And uh, we're moving forward and we've saved up some money to, to buy our dream house. So I remember being <laughs> away when I, I traveled a lot for my previous job and I was quite often out of town. Um, but I remember getting a call from you while I was in Florida uh, for, for an event that we were having going on, going on there. And you said, hey, I found our house. <laughs> Yeah. What made you excited you, about that house? And you were like, oh, we are not buying a house right now. <laughs> and then as soon as you saw it, you're like, we're buying this house. Absolutely. I love this um, house. It's great because um, I have always wanted like um, a beautiful house. It's, I think it's like growing up, I always lived in an apartment and, you know, growing up in like a very wealthy area and seeing everybody else's beautiful family homes and like, you know, and then having an apartment myself, that's always just been like a thing in my brain. Like I want to have a beautiful home for my family and for my kids. But at the same time, like we're not millionaires and nor do you, I think, value a home so much that you wanted to go into major debt. Like I remember seeing a a house online and being like, this is like one of my dream homes. And it was like, six or 700,000. And you're like, I'm never going to want to pay that amount Mm -hmm. on a house. And I was like, I remember feeling a little, you know, crushed. And, but I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to think about it right now. Maybe. And I threw this out into the universe and it like boomeranged back at me. It's like one of those magical moments I threw out into the universe. Like I, maybe we will find the perfect home that, and it will only cost, you know, however much money that we like 300 or Mm -hmm. 350 and and we'll both love it. And then like a year later it happened and it was crazy. And, um, and this is the perfect home for us because it wasn't beyond our means. Um, we don't feel like strapped and we're not house poor. We use every square inch of it. So none of it goes to waste, which I love. And I was able to stay home with the kids when we could still afford it. So, you know what? This is going to be, we're going to make so many other great memories here. And it's just, I think it's perfect for us. I completely agree. And, you know, you made a good point there that we were able to buy a house that maybe wasn't, you know, the top tier or what we could afford if we were asking like a bank. Uh, But it allowed you to, you know, become a stay-at-home parent. So, I mean, if we did do the probably $600,000, $700,000 house, we'd probably still both be working you know, right. full time. Um, so, so you, you are a stay at home parent now. So for, for the folks out there that are considering, you know, being a stay at home parent, stay at home mom, stay at home dad, what's the, what's the good, bad and ugly of, of being at home uh, with kids all the time? Ooh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's not for everyone. I would say, okay, so the good, I mean, I'm bonding with my kids. Like I, you know, and I, I guess only time will tell, but I'm hoping that this comes back into my favor when they're like teenagers and maybe they won't rebel against me so hard. I don't know. I don't know. That's my hope. 
Um, but yeah, I'm getting to like really bond with them and make sure that all of the, you know, values and morals that I want to instill in them that I'm able to instill in them 12 hours out of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. So the bond is awesome. You know, I have to be careful though, because I have a lot of friends that do, um, they work and there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not saying that they don't have a strong bond with their kids. I will say if I loved my career path, you know, had I become a doctor and I was super passionate about it, I would be a working mom. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But because I didn't have that passion and staying home was an option, that's what we decided to do. And I wouldn't give it up for the world. Now there are bad and ugly things too. (laughs) Um, you know, I think it's super hard. It's super hard. And, you know, you wonder sometimes if, your kids are getting the social skills that they need when you go over to somebody's house and they hide behind your leg and you're like, wait, am I making my kid a shut in? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, so you take the good with the bad, you know, it's also difficult when you had been a working person Mm -hmm. to go to not all of a sudden not having a job, you know, and when I have dinner with my friends who work and they have all these stories about work or work people and, and then they're like, so, uh, how's Andy's job? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I have nothing to contribute in, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, but yeah, I have a lot of stay at home mom friends too. And we can, you know, that's kind of how I stay sane is I fortunate enough to make play dates with them and we can relate to each other. And I still love my working friends. It's just that I don't have any stories to contribute when they tell me (laughs) about their jobs. And that's okay. It's just a phase in in life right now. Um, And then, yeah, so that's the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, I would, like, literally, I'm ugly every day. Like, I'm wearing my pajamas and I have my hair in a ponytail. So I miss getting up and getting, you know, dressed and ready for the day. But I'm comfortable. So Comfortable is beautiful. (laughs) Comfortable is beautiful. Yeah. So that's, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, every once in a while, I'll get an opportunity uh, to be at home with the kids for a couple of days or a week or something like that. It's been rare over the past, you know, five years um, that we've had kids, but uh, every once in a while, you'll have the opportunity to go on a trip or, you know, do something where you're, where you're out of town for a couple of days. And man, do I get a realization about how difficult it is. <laughs> To be a stay-at-home, to be a stay-at-home parent, guys. If you're out there and you do have a wife that's a stay-at-home mom, um, or or vice versa, take take the opportunity <laughs> to you know have a couple of days where it's just you and the kids to get some perspective on what your spouse is doing, the the contribution to make this happen. Yes, like you said, there are some great things about it, the bond that you're developing. But yes, there are some difficult days, man. You know, entertaining small children, taking care of, you know, taking care of them, especially if they're still in diapers, making sure they're eating, bathing, etc. All while being a charismatic, fun person that's teaching them lessons about life. It is full time. You think we think our full time jobs are hard, man. Being a stay at home parent is doubly hard. <laughs> so yeah, I thank think you. We like to- Oh, yeah. We, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't give it up for the world. But I think we take for granted, like, how much free me time we have without children, like, literally every minute and every thought, 
like, even if you do stick your kids in front of, which we do, you know, like, like, Hey, okay. Now, like I've entertained you for eight hours straight. Can you please just like watch a half an hour educational TV show? (laughs) And then like, even when that, when you do have that like slight break, then you're like mentally you're, you're feeling a little guilty. Um, and you know, even if you aren't, you're like doing things for the kids, like either cleaning up from the day or preparing like it's just all encompassing yeah talk 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 about being on social media and reading those articles about why you shouldn't put your kids in front of the ipad i mean does that does that make you feel back and forth where you're like man am i a bad parent or are do these people even have kids like what 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 is what's going through your mind when you're reading those i know that's difficult for a lot of moms uh, or parents just in general yeah. Um, when we're reading all these things on social media about how to be the perfect parent. Yeah. Well, I grew up Catholic, so I feel guilty all of the time for everything. <laughs> so do I feel guilty when I put my kids in front of the iPad? Yes. But I think everything in life is about balance. Like, I, you know, do I think it's okay for them to have an hour or, you know, some, some days they'll have none and some days they'll have three hours. Like, I think that's okay. I really do. Um, yeah, it's all about balance. And Mm -hmm. if it gives me time to like feel sane and have a cup of coffee, I think that's more important than me like burning myself out and then ending up, you know, resenting them the rest of the day. So absolutely balance, balance. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something to what I've heard in the past is like, making sure you put your oxygen mask on first because if you're not taking care of yourself, yeah. then you're sure as heck not going to take care of two crazy little kids. So, right. <laughs> well, cool. Good conversation there. Um, so we've got these kids and we're planning to do well financially in our future. We're, you know, we're not, we're not all the way there yet, but we're working real hard to make that happen. And they have the opportunity to, have a mom that's with them, you know, all day long uh, uh, during during their time before they start full time school and things like that. H- how do we ensure these kids that we have uh, don't just become entitled and feel like that, you know, ungrateful? I, I mean, how how are we gonna how are we gonna do that, baby? Um, this is yeah, that's a tough one because we I want them, we we both want them to have like the humbleness and the humility of someone who grew up with nothing, Mm -hmm. but we don't want them to grow up with nothing, you know? And so, um, that that's tough. I think a few ways that we try to do that is, um, well, empathy, empathy is like the most important thing. I think that we can teach our children because it just has so many things stem off of that. But one of the, like the tactical ways that we try to do this is, um, around the times where we can become so me, me, me focused, like our birthdays or Christmas where, you know, it's all about like how many gifts did I get? We've, we've tried to combat that with having them think of others. So for example, adopting a family for Christmas, you know, making them think about how other people need stuff and then parlaying that into a conversation of why you're not getting a hundred gifts <laughs> right. and why that's okay. Um, and then they, you know, with their birthdays, we've adopted kids in other countries who don't have as much. And so we try to put together a birthday package for those children and they have, we picked their 
you know, the, these children have the same birthday days as our children. So as, you know, February 7th rolls around and it's Zoe's birthday, she's thinking about another girl and we're putting together a care package to send to her for her birthday. So I think like trying to combat those particular events where we can become so egocentric. And then, you know, as they get older, I, I'm sure we will adopt some more uh, methods like, I don't know, maybe mission trips, <laughs> you yeah. know, stuff like that, where we can actually, you know, go and see how lucky we are um, and help others and, you know, just have a, a good perspective on how life is so that we don't live in our own bubble. Right. Yeah. And then I think, like, honestly, it's okay to tell your kids that you can't afford something right now. And it doesn't mean that you're poor. You're not like saying, Hey, we're, we can't ever buy anything. But like when we go to target to buy a birthday gift for a birthday party that like our kids are attending and they say, well, can I get a toy? I say, no, we're here to buy a toy for this birthday party. And we're going to go and have fun at this party and celebrate somebody else. And we don't have money to buy you a new toy today, but we can put it on your Christmas list or your birthday list. And, you know, maybe you'll get it. And it's, I think a lot of people shy away from telling their kids like that we can't afford something right now because they might have a negative connotation to that or may, make their kids feel like, like they they don't have as much as other people or I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that's what I tried to do. And you know what? Our, our kids don't really ask for a, a lot of stuff when we go places. Yeah anymore. <laughs> Instead, Zoe, Zoe will be like, can I take a picture of this for my Christmas list? I'll be like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's how we train them up, right? Absolutely. Well, so let, let's talk a little bit about the future. We've got some exciting things happening together. Uh, we're, we're running a marathon this year and thank you so much for indulging me in this craziness. And I know we're going <laughs> to do that together and it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we're also um, planning on paying off our mortgage by the end of the year. How, how do you feel about the the freedom of, of not having any debt whatsoever. I think it's going to be great. I mean, it's probably not something I would have thought of and like strived for. Um, but I'm glad that you have a passion around it. And once it happens, I think it's going to be so awesome. The best, the, you know, the, the best thing about it to me is just the peace of mind because I do stay at home. And because I know that you are, um, the breadwinner, knowing that we're working towards, you know, if, if anything, God forbid you lost your job and, you know, mm -hmm. we know we wouldn't lose our home. Right. So that peace of mind is so priceless to me. And we're a couple of months away from that. And that's going to be the best part of this whole thing. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to celebrate with you and the kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're going to have, we're going to have some extra money in our lives uh, after that is not happening each month. What, what do you, what do you want to do with that extra money? Well, I would say, I mean, all the, all the things that anyone would say, right? Vacation more, give more. Um, I want to finish decorating the house and just making it, you know, put the, the little touches that I've wanted to do for the past couple of years, you know, put them silly things, you know, um, put up a mantle on our fireplace so that we have somewhere to put our picture frames and stockings and, mm -hmm. Just little things that um, are not more important than paying off the mortgage or getting out of debt. But once we're there, they're like the little the little sprinkles, the sprinkles on the cupcake. <laughs> and you, you're very good at the sprinkles too. I, I would say, yeah, I, I, 
the first thing that comes to my mind is never decorating or, you know, buying a bunch of things. But man, I am so glad when I let go of my, I, I open my hand and I let go <laughs> of the, uh, you know, this, the, the crazy reins of, of trying to do all these, all these things and, and, you know, work with my wife on making a beautiful home because we do, we have a beautiful home and the kids love it. And, uh, my wife has a real talent of, of decorating and I'm excited to, excited to see what the 2018 home looks like here at the Hill House. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, you know, saving up for more rental property or some rental property. Yeah, yeah first, right? <laughs> yeah, rental property uh, in a hot tub. Eventually. Yeah, absolutely. We got to get that hot tub. It all comes from the beginning. I think yeah. we wanted that hot tub uh, when we got together. So we'll, we'll, we're going we're gonna to get that hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby, thank you so much for, for talking to me today. Um, this, was, this was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you uh, uh, spending some time and talking about our relationship and how we've grown together and learned a lot of things and um i'm really excited for the future so thank you me too congratulations on the 50th podcast that's pretty crazy yeah 50 unbelievable and thank you for allowing me to have this crazy fun hobby (laughs) (laughs) hey you get up at 5 a.m just to do it so i can't complain hey when you're passionate about something can't sleep anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the determination, folks, that I was talking about in the beginning. That's his mind to something, and he just does it. Doesn't think about all the all the things in his way. Oh, it's I love pretty you. cool. I love you. <laughs> Let's go have some fun. Okay. All right. I'll Sounds love you, bye. good. Love you too. Bye. Oh, oh man, I'm gonna have to apologize to the 30 plus prior guests that I've had because the three interviews that I just did are now. My all-time favorites. (laughs) Nicole and I hinted at a moment early in our relationship when we paid off almost $50,000 in debt in less than one year. That was awesome. (laughs) We didn't get into all the details of how we did it on the show through our interview, but I did write a blog post about how we got it all done. So if you're interested in that post... I'll have that in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 50. Additionally, I will post an article about how we're paying off our 15-year mortgage by the end of this year. Again, something we hinted at in the show. I was actually honored, very honored, to have that one, my article there, get picked up by Business Insider, Rockstar Finance, and AOL Finance. So people are interested in paying off the mortgage quickly, which is cool. Hopefully that blog post that I mentioned about the debt payoff and this mortgage one will help you crush some debt in your life. So again, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 50. If you've been with me since the beginning or you're just recently jumping in on the MKM party, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Your review will help people find this show a lot easier and in turn will allow this family-empowering podcast to grow. And it will also make me smile. So, would appreciate it. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash iTunes for an iTunes review or marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Stitcher for a Stitcher review. I thank you in advance, ladies and gents. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Brad Henry. 
Families are the compass that guides us. They are the inspiration to reach great heights and our comfort when we occasionally falter. Hug your family today, my friends, and tell them how much you love them. Carpe diem! 